Welcome to College Street Victory Church. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Wow. I don't know what you're going to say no to today, what you've tolerated for far too long, but I think we all need to say not in this house. Anxiety, fear, depression, a spirit of poverty, not in this house. I'm sorry, but we fight from a place of victory. The battle has already been been won. We just need to wake up. We need to wake up and we need to lift up the name above every other name, and that name is Jesus. We have a lot to be thankful for. We have a lot to give praise for today. Worship is our weapon and there is power in praise. We enter into his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. We enter into his courts with praise. Come on, give the Lord some praise this morning. Come on, celebrate like you've already won, like your prayers have already been answered. Come on, woo! I think we all got a battle cry this morning. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome home. Welcome to the house of the Lord. He's got a word for you today. You know, we have a lot to celebrate. It has been a season of generosity, has it not? There's been testimony after testimony and miracle after miracle that is flooding into and through this house and into its community. There's victory in the valley. Come on. In the Fraser Valley, there is victory in the valley. We're in part three of flipping tables. Yes, it sounds like Christians trying to swear. I understand, but there's a lot of things in this life that we would just like to turn over and flip around and things that we put weight on that maybe we really shouldn't have. And this season has kind of proven those things. You know, on the surface, it looked okay, but it wasn't really sturdy beneath the surface. And so the Lord is really speaking to us as a church and as men and women and as young people in our family, in our family and in our community. What have you been leaning on? What have you been relying on? What have you been putting weight on? And if you're going to put the weight on these things of this world, I'm, I hate to say it, but even those things will all fade away. That's why we put the weight in the word of God. That's why we build our dreams, our desires, our passion, our God-given destiny on his direction, on our own. And so Jesus uh, did a lot of flipping, flipped a lot of things around, flipped a lot of things over. You know, you heard in in part one, if you didn't get a chance, I encourage you to go back. But we learned about how Jesus walked in to the temple courts right after coming in on a donkey and everyone's shouting Hosanna in the highest and he walks into the church and he's not pleased with what he finds you know people are exchanging money and they're selling uh, items for sacrifice at a ridiculous price and so in his righteous anger he starts flipping over the tables of those buying and selling and he's making a scene he's hurt And how many out of your hurt 
where you've responded or you've act and you just need to take that passion but put it in the right purpose for the right place and you know if I could just take that anger that righteous anger where I feel lack where other people are being hurt where other people are misdiagnosed and being mistreated and if I could just stand for something in this season what would that be and Jesus stood for the purpose of his house he said you know my house shall be known as a house of prayer but you have made it a den of thieves and robbers and even some of these men might have had great intention but again we learned misdirection you can have great intention but without godly direction you can be misaligned and so today I want to my title that I have for you is, is again a question and that is what can I do for you what can I do for you. You know, if you've ever had to humbly ask someone for something, maybe in an area that seemed like it was out of your control, you prayed to God for provision and he responded with a plan, but it wasn't the plan that you would have hoped for. The plan maybe involved you not just stepping up, but stepping out into your community. You see, there are many in this house right now that I know are in need of a miracle. And I believe that God is gonna give us that miracle, but he's about to mess with your method. If you are just willing and that you know that his word says, behold, he does a new thing, can you not see it? It's gonna be new. It might be in the wilderness or the wasteland, but that is just the right place. You are in the right place. Turn to someone and say, you're in the right place. If you're watching online, I know we have friends and family now all over the world. Pastor Steph is receiving her healing this morning. Come on, you're in the right place to receive your healing. We know Dell is receiving a healing right now. He's in the right place. We know we got friends in Cuba, Africa, Rwanda, in Rwanda, Thailand, Philippines. Come on, the Joshua House, Ruth and Naomi's, you are in the right place. For when you're in God's presence, you're in the right place. And sometimes provision isn't in what we see, but it's in what we don't see. Hebrews 11.1 1 says that faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things that we cannot see. Many times I personally get trapped in the things that I see that aren't working and I forget about the God who is always working. Even if you don't see him, doesn't mean he's not there and doesn't mean that he doesn't care. God is in the business of flipping things around, turning things upside down. He uses the smallest of seeds to move mountains. He uses what seems to be empty and makes it full. He knows our needs and he meets our needs. And he meets them and he'll trade in things such as oppression for succession. That's a word that the Lord gave me for you today. Oppression for succession. 
I think some of you have felt a little oppressed in this season. You're like, how, Lord? It's Christmas. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Well, the enemy would love to oppress the message of Christ and the gospel, the true gift and generosity, but he cannot and will not. You know, you each have a flame and that flame was made to shine bright. You don't take it and you don't put it under a bowl, right? And you know what? Thank you. And lights shine bright in the darkness. You know, Darren, thank you, Darren. Darren put up all those Christmas lights this week and you might not see them in the daylight, but in the night they shine bright. And I encourage you to come back tonight and see this church lit up in the spirit of Christmas. So when the enemy wants to, and his plan is to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus comes in. He blesses, he resurrects us so that we can be deployed. I've had many opportunities to both be helped and to help others, especially in this season. I once asked a person in need, I was going through the drive-thru at, let's just say, a fast food restaurant that I shouldn't have gone to, but God turns messes into messages. It's not my conviction. But while I was there, God had a plan. And there was a man who was hungry. So I asked that man, I said, what do you want? I could tell he was standing out there. I couldn't really read his sign, but he says, I'm hungry. I said, yes, but what do you want? You can order anything on the menu. What do you want? And he ordered the cheapest thing on the menu. I said, no, no, no. You can order whatever you want. It's on me. This one, I think I can afford. It's better you eat it than I do. But you know, he, he, he insisted on the cheapest thing on the, on the menu. And, and so I gave him that. And I thought, you know what? Other people would say he was humble, but I knew he was hungry. And I wanted to bless him, but instead he put the lid on the blessing. I was prepared to provide with as much as he was willing to receive. Last week we talked about the importance of how we need to ask before we advance. Jesus asked the, the blind men, what do you want? He could tell that they were blind. They needed to ask. They needed to use the power of the tongue. They needed to speak out. And one of those legs, again, that the enemy has tried to use against you in many seasons, especially this, is the leg to just be silent. And sometimes we omit to say the right things. We omit, we omit to stand up and speak out for others who are hurting, who are looking for hope. But the Lord has given you a voice and he wants to show you that his word through your tongue has the power to breathe life over someone in their situation. Could it be that we, at times, place a lid on God's blessing. I want to share with you a story found in 2 Kings 4, verses 1 to 7. 
If you brought your Bibles, would you just hold them up right now? Even if it's on your mobile device. There it is. I see them glowing. Look at that. The Word of God breathing light into this place. Hold them up. That's it. Four Bibles. Oh, there we go. Come on. Perfect. I want you to go through the Word with me together. Um, and if you haven't yet, you can download the Version app. It's available on our website. And my notes are on there, so you can take them, correct them, make them better. Please share them with your family and with your friends. Share them with me. If you get, if you get a word, I want to hear what the Lord spoke to you today in his word. So here's a woman in a situation that she didn't plan for. Here's a woman who had to step out and reach out humbly to her community for help. Here's a woman whose family loved and honored God and lived for God. And they find themselves in a situation where they're fearful and there's a real risk. So starting at verse one, it says, now the wife of the son of one of the prophets who happened in the future to cry out to, sorry, I got two different translations. Let's go to the one on the screen. The wife of the man from the company of the prophet cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. My translation says, as servants. Let's talk about this. First point, flipping our problems into provision. Doesn't that sound nice? Flipping our problems into provision. I'd love to just flip over the tables of my problems and just gather around a table of provision. Wouldn't you? Well, we have that opportunity. He prepares a table before your enemies. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil for thou art with me. <laughs> he goes before me. So when we serve the Lord, we... We expect to be taken care of, do we not? I do. I'm his child, and so are you. We don't plan on things to be taken away from us or to live in lack. The father of this household served the Lord faithfully, and now because of unplanned circumstances, the family is living in fear. The scripture says that he owed money. This was a common thing then. It's a common thing now. There are times when we make personal investments. We even take out uh, uh, personal loans with plans to pay back people, but things don't always go as we planned. And we're not able to pay the debt. Guess what? Others come to collect. <laughs> they'll take from whoever and they'll take from whatever they can. Sometimes we'll... You know, even blame God for our own financial circumstances. Even though it may have been a not wise financial decision that we made in the past that led us to where we are today. Either way, when we face a problem, we can flip the table and see God's provision. His promise. I have to give credit to this woman. She could have paid the debt 
with her two sons by having them work it off. But she chose not to settle and to seek counsel instead of becoming complacent. Come on, sometimes we just settle. Oh, I guess I have to pay that off this way. Oh, I guess there isn't anything greater than what's right before me than what I can see. Come on, am I speaking to someone today? She didn't, she could have, she could have said, yeah, take my boys. They're strong. You know, I need a break from them anyway. <laughs> They'll work it off. How long? The rest of their life? Hmm. Be good for them. No. She chose not to settle. She already lost her husband. She wasn't going to lose her two sons. And that's the thing. You, you know, as a father, I'll do almost anything short of sin if it means the protection and the safety of my family. I will give up anything. I will lay my life down. The last thing I want is for them to pay my debt. You with me? So she refuses to give in to her circumstances. Where have you started to give in to your situation? Is it in your health? It could be in your wealth. It could be in thoughts that you know that aren't lifting you up and moving you forward. Thoughts and words that are not of this word and not of our God. You know, studies have shown lately post-COVID that there's this thing called the quiet quitter where people are showing up to work and they're barely just getting by. They're there, but they're not there. You know what I'm saying? They're just doing enough to get by, to collect a paycheck. They don't want to be there. But here's the thing. Where you go, God goes. And he has sent you, and he has anointed you, and he has appointed you for such a time as this. And if you will just be faithful and serve the Lord wherever you're at, doing whatever you're called to do in this season, he'll find you. He'll bless you and he'll make you a blessing. People need light. People need hope now more than ever. People need the joy of the Lord as their strength. And that joy is in you. So don't let the enemy rob you of your joy. Don't settle for quitting silently. God's not finished with you yet. And he needs more lights now than ever to be turned on in this community in the darkest of hours. Someone once said, don't tolerate the hand that you've been dealt. Otherwise, you'll just fold. Verse 2. Elisha said to her, what can I do for you? Tell me. He says, what do you have in the house? And she said, your woman's servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil nothing except I believe that everything we need is already in the house notice how Elisha asks two questions that we should always ask when we face lack 
What do you want? And what do you have? What do you want? And what do you have? She said she had nothing except. What is your except? Because your except could be the seed of your expect. Hear me out. Expectation is what brings on the anointing. Your accept can be the seed of what you accept. Wait, Lord, no, no, I do have something. Maybe some of you need to go to the shelf and dust it off. (laughs) You always have more in the house than you knew you had. And little is much when God is in it. I'm a firm believer that God has given us everything that we need to succeed. Why? Because his word says so. In Matthew 28, 19, then Jesus came to them and said, all, say all, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely, check this out, I'm with you always to the very end of age. That means you have the God of peace. You have the God that is your provider. Come on, ladies and gentlemen, he is with you always always my God is my supply Jesus is the source and Jesus is the supply and he gives us more than we need than to just get by it rhymes must be true you know in Matthew 17 24 to 27 this is really cool if you got your Bibles quickly turn there Matthew 17 sword drill half more than half of you're like what is he saying that's something from Bible camp this is a sword (laughs) it's your sword use it Matthew, you find it in the New Testament on the right side of your Bible. Matthew 17, 24 to 27. And here Peter was approached by one of the tax collectors, check this out, for the temple tax. Come on. Can you imagine if someone from the church came to you and was challenging you on like, hey, don't you guys uh, pay your tithe and offering? Yo, where is it? Come on. Don't you believe in it? Come on. Aren't you going to give it? You know, like. And so... This, this tax collector approaches Peter. Peter approaches Jesus. And you know what Jesus says to Peter? I want you to go fishing. And what you're going to find is the first fish that you pull out of the water, inside that fish will be the exact, exact amount to not just pay what you owe, but what I owe. It'll be the exact amount. And what does Peter do? He goes fishing. It's right there in front of you. He pulls the fish out of the water. He looks into the fish. And there it is, just as Jesus had said. I'm telling you, sometimes it requires us to go fishing. Other times we just need to look inside. Either way, God wants to mess with our methods. (laughs) Now all you're going fishing after this, I get it. 2 Kings 4, back to 2 Kings 3 to 4. Then he said, Go around and get jars from all your neighbors. Get empty jars, many of them. Then go in and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour the oil into these jars and set aside each one that is full. Here's the third point. 
It takes a community to answer the call. Can you imagine if your neighbor came to you and asked you for empty jars? What would you say? Yes, I hope. I'd probably ask, you know, I'd be curious, what are you, what are you using them for? What are you putting in them? Or if she'd maybe like some jars, I got jars that got stuff in them. Do you want the stuff that's in the jars? Because I got stuff to get rid of. Would you be the kind of person that would even go and maybe empty those jars into other containers, Tupperware containers, whatever, so that she could have more empty jars? Either way, her community was willing to help with what she needed. In this case, she was told by the man of God to get empty jars, not full ones. Had she diverted from her directive, she would have missed her miracle. How many times have we started off on the right path and we got distracted along the way with something that seems better? Hmm? Something that appears to be better comes along, but this was not the case for her. Empty jars was what she needed. So empty jars was what she collected. Without her community, she wouldn't have been able to complete the call. It took everyone, everyone, what they had in their house at that time. Empty jars. Sometimes we've got a lot but we just need to make room so that God can pour in. Every time or around this time of year, we get our kids together and we gather them together and we ask that they get a bunch of their toys and they make room. That they get a bunch of their toys that they could bless other kids with their toys. And we ask this of them when they're getting their toys, not just to pick the toys that they don't want or use anymore, but to pick one special toy for one special kid. We do this for several reasons. One, it teaches our children to make room for what God wants to give them and bless them with. But number two, it teaches them not to give their scraps, but to give their best. That's what God the Father did for us by giving his one and only son. And that's what he asks of us to give to others, our best. It takes faithfulness. It takes trust to give our best. Will you be willing to answer the call for your community? We all have a part to play in God's provision. In verses five to six, so she went from him, she shut the door behind her and her sons, and she took the jars. They took the jars to her, her sons, and she poured. And when the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another jar. And he said to her, there's not one jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. We can do little alone but we can do much together. And God wants to use the provision that he has given us to flip the tables of poverty 
everything we need is already in this house. And we are a community that is answering the call. Would you stand with me? Matthew 7, 7 says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. The amount you ask will determine the amount that you advance. So what is it? What is it that is empty in us that only God can fill? Thank you for tuning in today and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.